0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. It is another Tuesday, or as Kevin Godby calls it, the day I might wait till 5 p.m. to have a drink. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit, here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe-smoking broadcast, and I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you on a wonderful, gray, gloomy Tuesday in March and in tonight's show. All right, so Armageddon has hit for some. Uh, what do you do if your favorite tobacco is has been discontinued? That's what I'm going to talk about in Pipe Parts. What happens if you can't get a hold of your favorite pipe tobacco? Uh, and then, in, uh my, my guest is uh, Jim Brown, maker of Heisenberg Pipes and uh, Charlotte area local and member of my pipe club. So we get to talk to a pipe maker again. And then uh, music. Purely because of the Academy Awards, but I'll explain that when we get to it. And then there is a huge mailbag, thanks to a big response on last week's show. And of course, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of news, a lot of meat in last week's show. So we're going to save a lot of time for that. We'll catch up on pipe clubs. Plus, there's a... Uh, a uh, Pipe fundraiser going on that we'll talk about in the, in the mailbag. And then I've got a rant directed, um, you know what, directly at you, the listeners. Okay? All that coming up on tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. It is March. The days are getting longer. And don't forget, uh, what do we, we spring ahead this weekend, don't we? Yeah, I think we, uh, we spring ahead this weekend, so we lose an hour. Now, here's the fun part for me with the time change this year. Uh, daughter is still in england and they don't spring ahead for another two weeks so for this whole time she's been five hours ahead of us now for two weeks she'll be four hours ahead of us and then back to five and then by april 1st she's coming home so uh, f- figure that one out yeah where does the time go Oh, I know where it goes. It just goes away on its merry way. All right. Anyway, speaking of time, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. Let's talk a little bit about uh, a little history of pipe tobacco. All right. A little history of pipe tobacco for you. So, all through history, pipe tobacco blends have been introduced, and some have gone away. Uh, I draw to your attention the most famous of them all, the Balkan Sobrani. It left the market, and people survived, but it went away. Uh, Several brands, like uh, in, in particular, like Three Nuns, Capstan, some of the Dunhill blends have come off the market. And then they've been reintroduced. Now they're, you know, granted they are different than what they were before. Uh, Balkan Sobrani is not the same Balkan Sobrani that it was in the 1970s and you know we've, we've, we've seen the doom and gloom on faces of people that say oh, I used to smoke that all the time and that was the best tobacco ever and now I can't get it. So what happens if your favorite blend goes away? Well, from, a, from an industry side, here's what happens. Uh, some people quit smoking. Honestly, they do. They, if they can't get their favorite tobacco anymore, they just quit smoking. And that's not good for the industry. It's not good for the hobby either. Now, if you are looking to replace a blend, maybe perhaps it's left your part of the market or it has changed uh, manufacturers and you're just not happy with it anymore. Here are some of my suggestions on what you can do to replace your favorite tobacco. Um, let's just say, for the, the simplest thing, is obviously figure out what type of tobacco you like. Let's pull the hypothetical of uh, Dunhill 965, which left the market in 2004 or 5 and then came back in 2006 or 7, somewhere around there. You like a medium English to light English with a good oriental kick to it. Well, the first thing you do is obviously go look to other tobaccos that are on the market that are similar to that. All right. That's the easiest thing. Before you start taste testing those and comparing them to what you don't have anymore, you have to get that flavor out of your head of the old stuff. Okay, you have to clear that flavor out of your head. It's kind of like what I do when I am taste testing or sampling tobaccos. You have to get the preconceived notions of what you want it to be like out of your head, and then you have to smoke it on a fresh palate. The most important thing is that you have a fresh, well-hydrated palate, and then give it at least an ounce of tobacco, smoke at least an ounce, Try it in different sizes, different bowls, shapes. Work with it, but don't just try a quarter of a bowl and say, this isn't it. All right, the other source that I like to use for replacing a favorite tobacco is your friends. Uh, Friends on the forums, friends in the pipe clubs, friends that have a like-minded taste to you or a like-minded smoking style to you ask them what they think you would like now don't try to match what you're missing try to find something that is going to become your new favorite so in the case of dunhill 965 uh, maybe you want to switch to a virginia oriental mixture that does not have much latakia in it because that dunhill latakia was a unique taste So you're not going to be able to replace that. Or, you know, let's say you're trying to replace a Syrian Latakia blend with a Cyprian Latakia blend. Well, that's going to be real close and it's going to kind of clash. So maybe you want to try to find something else outside of that realm. So you look at a Virginia Oriental. Uh, If you're trying to replace a Virginia Flake, just a pure Virginia Flake. And you want, you know, maybe try something that's got a little bit of a burly in it. Uh, try something that's got a little bit of dark-fired in it. Try something that's that's slightly different, and maybe it'll open up your mind and open up your palate to something that's brand new to you. I think, and I'm a leading expert on my own opinion, but I think after so many years of smoking one type of a style of tobacco, or one blend in particular, uh, your taste buds go kind of numb to those flavor receptors or those those flavor receptors that are getting hit by that blend get inundated so my suggestion to you is try to find a blend that is of good quality but is going to have the same basic taste but the flavor receptors are you know the accents are going to be different try to find something from a different manufacturer that is going to be close but don't go right after it uh find something that will be you know again slightly different but you want to you want to try to hit some new flavor receptors so look at adding a little bit of burley adding a little bit if you're if you don't like perique adding a little bit of perique or even if you take some of the uh, some of the european made virginias and you add a little bit of a unflavored black cavendish to it it just adds another level to it, and it may be a flavor receptor or something, you know, some sort of style that you have never, uh, never experienced before. It will not replace exactly what you're looking for, but it may complement it and may become your new favorite. Uh, the last place to look, obviously, is uh, TobaccoReviews.com. Still a great source for all things pipe tobacco related. And again, my guidance there is you have to find somebody who is, you have to find a reviewer that is of your same mindset and enjoys smoking a pipe the same way you do. If you go on there and you read somebody that is completely different than you, it's not going to help you dramatically, you know. But again, you're going to have to try around, try these things that have slightly uh, slightly different nuances to them. Uh, the long story short, yes, we may have lost all the McClellan blends, but that was 225 of them. And at last count, we were around 2,000 blends on the U.S. market. So that's, uh, what, 10 percent? Uh, there's got to be in that 90 percent out there something else that you will like, something else that you will enjoy, and something else that you can start, uh, you know, aging or cellaring or stockpiling and remember my mantra uh, tobacco will never be cheaper and more readily available than it is now uh, we are living in an extraordinary time in the pipe tobacco market because there is a ton of really good quality blends still out there and uh, still available So there you go. All right. Comments or questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com or post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page. And in just a moment, uh, the maker of Heisenberg Pipes, Jim Brown, will
1: be on with me. This is
0: Internet Radio.
1: Smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition for over 10 years.
0: Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine Radio Show, and joining us from all the way—well, I guess you're across the county line at least—is uh, pipe maker and a local uh, club member Jim Brown of uh, Heisenberg Pipes. And all right, let's just get into it right now. Why the name Heisenberg? Did you make? Did you? Were you a crack? Were you a crack dealer at one time?
3: Well, depends on what, what you're talking about. For crack, blue <laughs> stuff, no. <laughs> blue stuff, no. Now, actually, actually, the the Heisenberg was a nickname of mine for about 30 years now. I uh, got tagged with it in grad school, so and it just sort of stuck. Stuck. <laughs> seemed like it seemed like a good good moniker for pipe making.
0: Uh, and wait a second, did you say grad school?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I I, I I was a professional student for about fifteen years.
0: Well, good, good. Uh, what were you uh, What were you studying? Uh,
3: depends on what depends on when you asked me that. <laughs>
4: uh, in junior high, I did a uh,
3: everybody does a little career report, and I decided that I wanted to be be in the criminal justice system. Okay, working in a lab in criminal justice. Yeah, you know, this is. 30, 40 years before CSI and all that, but that's what I wanted to do. So all through high school, that was what the curriculum I was following. And I was, you know, Western Carolina had, you know, one of the top three uh, criminal justice programs in the nation. It was also easy to get into. So I went to <laughs> went to Western Carolina and majored for about to my junior year in criminal justice. When I had this little dawning that, okay, that degree in criminal justice they were gearing me towards being in a patrol car a <laughs> state patrolman type situation I'm not a big man I'm about <laughs> five foot eight on my tiptoes and 140 pounds soaking wet and I had this mental image of me going up against these 300 pound meth doubt dudes and the outcome of that situation just didn't seem very appealing. So I changed my
0: major. (laughs) So so you, you wanted to be the guy in the, in, in the laboratory with the coat on and the goggles and stuff like that. And they wanted you out there driving a car arresting mountain folk for moonshine.
3: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I figured, okay, what what else am I interested in that's not that I can use a lot of these these credits for? Well, they also had a program in emergency medicine, okay, where you actually got your you know went through the the three tiers at that at that time there was three tiers of uh, EMS certifications and whenever you graduated you were essentially guaranteed a job you know in any of the major municipalities which were looking hard and gearing up with that with for for that type position, you know, and I went about two years into that program, and I had the same little epiphany. You know, I'm going to be this, you know, five foot eight, 140 pounds, soaking wet, trying to wrestle down this guy that just jacked up the cop that's up on meth. That I did. So I'm a slow learner
0: yeah but you're dedicated to learning which is wonderful and and i i got to be honest with you and, and take this in a lovingly matter if you pulled up in an ambulance to help me i think i'd want to help you
3: <laughs> i would need it yeah i would need it bro no actually i did i i ran with the uh, ems and the and the local fire department for about 20 years as a medic i never i never did it as a career it was more of a hobby
0: well as as we say around here, bless your heart, bless your heart, yeah, all right <laughs> no, so, so when, let, let's talk pick, let's talk about the fun stuff um, all right yeah, all right, so you you tend to smoke everything that is tobacco related. um when did you first smoke a pipe?
3: <laughs> Honestly, I snitched my grandfather's pipe when I was eight years old. I had my first <laughs> pipe before I had my first cigarette.
0: <laughs> and how'd that go for you?
2: It
3: it went, actually it it wasn't that bad. The bad part was uh I didn't really realize how well Prince Albert penetrated into a wool jacket. Oh no. So my little hike in the woods well, didn't remain much of a secret very long.
0: <laughs> Mom found out, huh?
3: mom found out real quick
0: and how hard i mean how bad did it feel to sit down for a while after that um
3: well my parents used to always tell me every six months i needed something i did something regular as clockwork to get my to get my fanny tied that was my (laughs) six month dose
0: (laughs) all right now when did you come into pipe smoking when you were of legal age
3: when I was in, when I was in college, um, I, I started smoking cigarettes in high school, like everybody, like most everybody did back before everybody realized how real bad it was for you. And uh, it got to be rather annoying whenever folks would, you know, constantly be bumming cigarettes. So I started smoking unfiltered cigarettes. And so when they try to, they, you know, they try to bum one, you know, and you give them unfiltered, they just decline it most of the time. Well, that started catching up with me. <laughs> you, know, start, you know, so after a few years of that, i said, okay, but let's, let's try a pipe. Let's try a pipe. It's rather, it's studious. So <laughs> I picked up a friend of mine that was also smoking a pipe we went to a little tobacco shop that used to be over in Concord, the old Concord Mall up by, by 85, yeah. called Cook's. And uh, I picked up a lo- uh, an estate Escorti as my first pipe. And like everybody else, it seems, a uh, pound of Lane, lane 1Q. <laughs> and you know spent many hours sitting on the steps at kennedy building on uncc campus smoking a pipe reading and studying and doing all the things that good college students are supposed to do but i found i found a good way to to pass the time a little more enjoyably than just scratching my head
0: now i'm not even sure if you can smoke on the campus of unc charlotte anymore
3: brian when, when, it, when my fresh my first year there which is actually my senior year of college you could smoke in the classroom. There were ashtrays in the desks, and you could smoke in the classroom. I'm an old
0: guy, dude. Well, you're not that much older than me, so don't get all excited. No. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Imagine walking into your classroom, and you could sit there and smoke while falling asleep. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs>
3: That's the truth.
0: All right. So before we start talking about the other smoking, what made you uh, think you know what? I'm gonna make a pipe.
3: You know, I think I was thinking about that you know a few weeks ago, and it's I, I honestly cannot tell you that there was one moment when I said said that you know I think I want to try to I, I want to start making pipes. I was hanging out with some. Uh, with some friends on uh, several Facebook groups and one of them happened to be a pipe maker and you know just through the course of the friendship you know I went up to visit him a time or two and I was you know that's pretty damn cool how you do that <laughs> you know it's you know and the the details and the engineering and the, uh, the craftsmanship and archery just absolutely grabbed my fascination and uh situation came about where i could buy you know could buy pick up a lathe, and uh this guy sort of hooked me up a little bit with some starter briar and you know some prefab stems and the rest the rest is history dude <laughs> and,
0: and, and away you went at your 17th career of your life <laughs> and
3: that's about it uh, you know i've I take. You know, I work some weird hours at the real job, and I'll I'll usually get home about one o'clock in the afternoon, and come right out to the shop, go in, eat supper, come back out for a couple hours, and go to bed.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then get up at four o'clock in the morning and go to work.
3: Uh, yeah. Well, usually about
0: two <laughs> oh, thirty. Well, that's. Yeah. Sometimes I'm going well, to bed then.
3: Uh, well, that's what hap- that's what happens when you get old, Brian.
0: You you need less sleep. Oh, okay. Well, I'm still not there yet then. Um, when you, uh, when you started making pipes, was there a style of a pipe that you, that you kind of liked or aspired to?
3: Yes. And there still is. (laughs) I, I, I have always appreciated a good billiard. Um, There's just so much, that, so many subtleties in a billiard that, you know, a lot of people just don't, just don't notice, but I've probably made three or 400 billiards and haven't made one I liked yet.
0: (laughs) Still searching for the perfect billiard, huh?
3: Exactly. Exactly. Um, the, you know, the without I, that's the type of thing that i could take and i could get on a little soapbox and go on for half an hour and bore everybody listening to me just sitting there going into all the little things that takes all the time and the skill and the you know the the proportions the curves the sub the, the subtle tapers the dimensions you know it's It's a, such a simple looking pipe that it's got so much complexity to it.
0: You know what we're going to do? We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of those subtle details. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute.
4: What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic cashmere, the sultry licoricea, and the striking archivaleno red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today.
0: We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with uh, pipe maker Jim Brown of Heisenberg Pipes. And no, they don't take, you know, they're only for real tobacco. Um, All right, so we've, you know, you you mentioned the perfect dimensions for a billiard and one of the, you know, it's, it is a very simple shape, but it is very difficult. Is there, what what are the, what are the, the exact proportions of bowl to shank to stem for you for
3: for me the, the height the outside height to the length from the tip of the shank to the outside of the bowl should be should be pretty damn close um you know it, it, it's hard to, it's hard to really say okay it should be one and a half inches You know, it's going to it. It would vary with the size of the billiard that you're trying to
0: make. But a two inch a two inch high bowl should have a two inch long shank.
3: The the from the the length yes yeah essentially yes.
0: Do you put a little bit of a cant in the bowl so that it's moving you know a little forward or backward?
3: Well, that's that's another one of those neat little things. You know, yes I, I. the best billiards that I have seen have a four-degree forward cant on the on the bowl. You know, that's not counting. That's that's not the the, the tapers in the yeah. bowl, but the cant. You know, the cant a cant forward about four degrees.
0: And why? I mean, why is that? Is it just is it just a visual thing? Does it help the pipe smoke better?
3: <sighs> Honestly, Brian, I don't know, but I have found. That it makes it makes a big difference in the appearance of the pipe. Um, if the If the pipe is pipe bowl, is it ninety degrees? you know or zero degrees? you know, just absolutely square?, yep. it looks like a rounded pot, not a billiard.
5: Huh.
3: you know, but just but just that just that four degrees of cant which you it's you don't really notice, but you can see you know um now it, you got me makes... looking
0: at a handful of my pipes that I got laying around here <laughs> and going okay all right let's let's talk about the uh the cheeks and the junction of the shank to the bowl is right I mean I I always like it when the pipe maker brings that that line where the bowl meets up with the shank I like it when they bring that line down underneath the bowl so it looks like the it looks like the bowl is attached as a second piece to the shank. Exactly.
3: Does
0: that make yes. sense?
3: Yes, absolutely. And that is something that I battle because I want to take it too far. I want, i tend to want to take and bring that to a point to act to an actual point underneath the center of the bowl. And there really should be more of a. It really should not go that far.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because otherwise you start making it into like a pickaxe of some sort or some sort of a weapon. <laughs>
3: yeah, it could be. I've got some of those too. You
0: know,
3: <laughs> the, you know and it, if, if, you, if I bring it too far, it also doesn't set correctly. You know, you know um, a, proper, a, a, a well-balanced billiard will set on a flat surface upright, you know, rather than toppling over to one side.
0: It makes it easy for those of us that work at a desk if the pipe sits flat, because then we can just park it on the desk anywhere.
3: Well, that's that's kind of my, one of my things too. Um, I, I like a pipe that sits. So even my you know my uh, devil Lances and blowfish, the classically round-bottomed pipes that won't sit, will sit.
0: Now let's talk about some other shapes because I've I've seen them in person. And what are there shapes that you enjoy making more than others?
3: Hey, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I I really enjoy making. I've got four different devil antses that I that I enjoy making. You know, they're all different sizes. They're all a little different. Uh, some are more bulbous. Some are more classical, like a like a cutty, the Kevin Costner Cuddy. Yeah. Um, those, those I always enjoy making, just because um, I do them mostly on commissions, and I like the ideas that the customers have. See, so <laughs> I want I, you know, I want I want a I want a twenty minute smoke, but I'd like it blue. I want a blue <laughs> pipe. <laughs>
0: Well, you were you were with us at the last pipe club meeting when I was giving Basil some ideas on the pipe that he had made, and I think he wanted to give me an idea of getting out the door. <laughs> well, there's well,
3: are you, are you talking about criticisms?
0: No, oh no, I was talking about ways to add on to stuff and change it, and he was like, "No, nah, oh. I'm done with you." <laughs> oh
3: no, 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 that Basil's a great guy. I, I think the world of Basil. He has helped me out. So much in so many ways. Um, everything from you know, if I'm in a pinch and need it, need to use a Sandblast cabinet. He's just right down the road. You know, thirty minutes away. Um, Getting the pinch. Need a block of briar. I'll bring it to the meeting this weekend.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, but yeah, I, uh, I personally, and and again, this is a this is an old artifact from grad school I enjoy criticism because other people know things that I don't know or notice things that I don't notice and if they're not pointed out they ain't gonna go away
0: (laughs) you you don't think you you don't think you'll figure it out on your own
3: (laughs) not but not not quite the most efficient amount of time no No, 'cause I there are there's no matter what it is, there's always someone that knows more about anything than you do, and if you find them and if you listen to them, you might actually learn something.
0: <laughs> now, the, I mean, the other thing that I like about the other thing I like about you as a person is that you enjoy all kinds of tobacco products, including cigars and pipe tobacco. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, has there ever been a a cigar or a pipe tobacco that you've tried that you just hate?
3: Yes. <laughs> there, there, there was once One, one this, this is true. There's one cigar. I used to smoke, I used to smoke cigars in the house, you know, no big deal. And, uh, it was a majorga, Double the agro, and it had the most nasty room note. (laughs) I was, I was, you know, I will give any cigar a really good try. I I will smoke it at least halfway, whether I enjoy it or not, just to see if the flavors develop what the profile does and all this. I couldn't stand the smell of this one.
0: (laughs) <laughs> what about a uh is there a pipe tobacco that you just said nope
3: i haven't i'm sure there is but i haven't found it <laughs> uh yeah now i've got it uh, like you said i've I an off a uh, real broad spectrum of tobaccos um I, I do smoke smoke in the in the man cave in the house and i, I tend to stick the aromatics inside just cause wife will come in and out and you know, don't want to run her off with a heavy English or anything like that. But I, I will smoke, I'll smoke everything from Burleys to lats out in the shop and enjoy them all.
0: You know what? Let, all right. You're not only are you a pipe maker, but you're also a consumer of other people's pipes and other and pipe tobaccos. Uh, I would love to just get your opinion of is there a size of pipe that's better for Virginia's or better for English or better for aromatics? Is there shapes that work better for English or aromatics or virginia's or yeah you know, just your there's, just your thoughts
3: there There's people that are going to argue with me and they've got justifiable reasons too but i will smoke i personally will smoke any tobacco in any pipe if i'm in the mood for that pipe and that tobacco you know i have um i have uh several pipes that were made for me that are you know that they have the thin walls, the taper bowls, and all these things that are that do Virginians very well, and the, you know, the the large, thick, heavy pots that you're supposed to smoke that tobacco in, and every, you know, everything in between. But what 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 tends to happen with me is I'll sit down and I'll I'll pick my pipe before my before I pick a tobacco, and I'll say so I haven't smoked that one in a while, and I'll go see now what do I want to
0: smoke. <laughs> so i want everybody to listen to that it's whatever makes you happy at the moment and and jim if they if they think you're wrong tell them that you're the leading expert on your own opinion and that's your own opinion
3: that's it that's it you, you know I, I smoke pipes to en- and tobacco to enjoy them and i you know there's i don't need the rituals and the uh restrictions of only being able to smoke a certain way, a certain time, and a certain type of tobacco. Uh, I I, I smoke to enjoy it.
0: I enjoy pipes, and I enjoy the tobacco. That is simplicity. Simplicity and it's uh, it's beautiful um where can people go to see your pipes or reach out to you and make sure that they're not ordering crack and that they're actually getting the, the, the heisenberg pipe guy
3: yeah well what you don't want to do is search ebay because if you search heisenberg pipe on ebay there's all kinds of weird shit that comes up, stuff
2: that comes up <laughs> um uh,
3: I'm in the process of building a web page. I've, I've got the, the domain heisenbergpipes.com registered, but there's not a site up for it yet. But, but there, there should be by, by mid-summer. That'll be my main, my main site. Um, there is a group on, on uh, Facebook called Briar Nation I'm very active in and do most, most of my commerce through them or direct messaging on Facebook.
0: So there you go. You can find Heisenberg pipes on Facebook or poke your nose in Briar Nation. Uh, yep. If I understand it right, in Briar Nation, if you poke your nose in there, you might want to have a thick skin, though.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not a uh, it's not it's not a typical pipe, civil pipe group. I'll say is that a polite way to put it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Briar, Briar Nation was uh, w- was formed by and a navy corpsman uh jeremy feliciano hell of a guy and he was on deployment and had the he he was a pipe smoker and realized that there really wasn't a group of veteran-centric pipe smokers and so that's sort of what briar nation is um it's not exclusive to veterans by any means but whenever you get a lot of service guys together, things can get a little
0: bit um, sometimes irreverent.
3: Uh, Irreverent—that's a good—that's <laughs> that's a good word to put way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Um, now, and the camaraderie in the group is very deep. So you know, you don't you don't come in and try to pretend you're something you're not. Uh, you don't you don't steal Valor and you don't try to who who do who do anybody <laughs> that's in there. Because you will you will have certain anatomical parts handed to you on the proverbial plated silver platter.
0: <laughs> all right, now back to back to your pipes. Um, all right, you know, pipe making is not your full time thing. You've got a you've got a real job and in a real life. How many pipes a year do you make?
5: I
3: the past two years I've done 175 to 200 pipes.
0: So you're so you're uh, you're you're working a lot of extra hours in the workshop.
3: Yeah, uh, I when, whenever I take an interest in something I tend to obsess, and <laughs> you know, the past three or four years I've really obsessed on pipes, and I, I thoroughly enjoy making them, and I thoroughly enjoy. Uh, like like I said at the beginning, you know the artistry and the engineering and all the details that are involved in making a a nice pipe.
0: Well, and you know, I've I've seen you at the pipe club, and you're looking at everybody's pipe, and if there's something interesting, you'll ask them and grab it and take a oh look yeah. at it. Uh, where I do have, you where where do your pipes start out at price wise?
3: Uh, price wise, they start out at about about uh one
0: forty and then go up to uh where do you top out
3: um unless it's something really bizarre 180 you know 1 180 yeah. will get you will get the most detailed stain job custom stem inlays all that
0: and that's all with a hand cut stem and everything right
3: yes yeah that's all with a hand cut stem yes uh so- I, I, I found pretty early on that it's a lot easier to make a hand cut stem than it is to make a preformed stem correct, you know, to make it proper.
0: Yeah. And then you also go out to, uh, do you get to a couple pipe shows a year?
3: Yeah. I've done three. I I did three last year. I did the the, uh, tap show in Raleigh, I did uh, Chicago and Columbus last year. I'm um, doing those again this year, and if things go well, I'm hoping to do the West Coast show over in uh, Vegas this year also.
0: Well, so there you go. So you can watch for Jim at all those different uh, different shows. Check out the pipes on Facebook or uh, Heisenberg pipes on Facebook. Jim, we're going to wrap this up with the fast five final questions, and there's no right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Uh, shoot. What is your favorite pipe?
3: <laughs> my favorite pipe is a little custom pear, a little miniature pair that was made by Tony Basil, by, made by Tony Basil, made by Tony Warner and given to me for my birthday a couple years ago.
0: And what is your favorite tobacco?
3: Uh, it depends on the mood I'm in. I smoke a lot of Bull English, and I smoke a lot of vanilla custard and anything
0: in between. Wow, you're 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 I mean you're a wreck. You're all over the place. I'm all over the place. <laughs> all right, what is your favorite drink? And you can't say all of them. Bourbon. Okay, that was short and Easy. sweet.
3: <laughs> and I, I enjoy all 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 different types of bourbon and trying the different types as well.
0: Uh, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book a movie or music?
3: I prefer a lace uh,
0: when <laughs> um, do you have music on when you're in the workshop
3: i have I have music on when i'm in the workshop you're you're right and
0: do you have a type of music that you like
3: <laughs> uh, my Pandora thumbprint radio station will play uh everything from Patsy Cline, the slasher, uh, you know, it, it's all <laughs> over the place, like the tobacco. <laughs> about the only thing I don't care for, I can appreciate the skill, but can't appreciate to listen to is opera.
0: There you go. All right, we got a negative out of them. Yay. <laughs> uh, l- the final question is, is do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory that we haven't talked about? And no, meeting I, me for the first time can't be your favorite one.
3: No, no, there is no single event, but there is, a, there, is a single si- there is a single situation. I thoroughly enjoy meeting local local pipers or, or fellow pipers that enjoy smoking as much as I do. You know, because there there is there is this uh, there's just an automatic synergy uh, that that people have when they find that common interest and you can you can sit in the smoking tent in in chicago with you know 600 other people and have something to talk about and be comfortable with with any one of them
0: yeah and and even the ones that went to western carolina
3: even the ones that went to, or the ones that went to to university of north
0: carolina oh we don't talk to those
3: We don't talk to those.
0: No, no. Especially the ones that have the little blue feet. Exactly. I know. (laughs) Sacrilegious talking about this during, uh, you know, with March Madness coming up.
3: Yeah, this is true. (laughs) The only thing worse than that is it could be Duke. Uh,
0: Well, Uh, Jim, on that note, um, thank you very much for uh, joining us. I'll see you at a pipe show or at our pipe club meeting or whatever, whenever. But uh, check out his pipes. And uh, Jim, thanks again.
3: Thank you, Brian.
0: We'll be back in just a minute.
5: The Carolinas and the tobacco tradition have been woven together generation after generation. From the Blue Ridge Mountains to the coastal low country, it's an integral part of our culture and heritage, building our beautiful tapestry. Cornell and Deal is proud to blend our pipe tobaccos in the Carolinas. Our history with tobacco dates back to the mid-1800s, and in that time we've perfected a variety of blends. The Carolinas have given us the perfect backdrop to do just that. Whether you're a fan of the rich Virginias, bold Latakias, spicy reeks or unique aromatics. We've got a tobacco that's just right for your discerning taste buds. At Cornell and Deal, we live all things pipe tobacco. Blending it, smoking it, and enjoying the company of those who share our excitement. Tobacco, it's what we do. Stop by CornellandDeal.com is internet radio
0: we are back on the pipes magazine radio show and there you go jim's another perfect example of a pipe maker making pipes in uh prices that are you know what affordable to all of us uh you know handmade pipes from 140 to 180 so check out his stuff all right so music um yeah, so I'm watching the Academy Awards, and I'm not paying too close of attention to it. Don't tell my wife or son, um, but I'm watching. And anyway, this song comes on, and it's one of the uh, one of the nominees for the uh, you know for the Oscar for the best song. It's called uh, "Mystery of Love," and it's written by a guy named uh, Soufan uh, Stevens, who I'd never heard of. And he brings out this band, and it's a bunch of strings, and I look to the far right, and there is a guy that looks an awful lot like the son of pipe maker Scott Thiele. And it is. It's Chris Thiele. So I got a hold of Scott and got confirmation that, yes, Chris did play on the recording of the song and uh, was also there on the stage of the Academy Awards uh, playing the song. Uh, the song didn't win, but it's still a really cool song. It's called Mystery of Love. It's from the movie Call Me By Your Name and uh, features uh, Chris Thiele on mandolin, So that's what you get to listen to tonight.
2: me the first time
0: Chris Thiele on uh, mandolin. Chris is the son of uh, pipe maker and former guest of the Pipes Magazine radio show, Scott Thiele. And uh, hey, when you see Scott, um, re- ask him if he's got his platinum record with you, uh, with him because uh, you know he's got a platinum record from one of the band's earlier recordings.
1: You've got some. May-
0: All right. As I said, lots to get through in the mailbag. So lots of information, lots of comments here. So bear with me. Uh, Coming up, uh, pipe shows. There's three right around the corner. One is this weekend, March 10th, the New York pipe show in Newark, New Jersey. That is Saturday, March 10th. Then on April 7th here in Raleigh, North Carolina, the Triangle Area Pipe Smokers Raleigh Pipe Show on uh, Saturday, April 8th, 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., and then there's a gathering the Friday night before. Uh, for that information, you can go to TAPS tapsclub.us. Or uh, check out PipesMagazine.com for the information. And then the big one, uh, the Chicago Pipe Show, the Chicagoland International Pipe and Tobacchiana Show, kicks off on Wednesday, May 6th. The show itself is Friday, Saturday and Sunday, with events on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. That's, uh, well, about 35, 40 miles uh, due west of downtown Chicago in uh, St. Charles, Illinois, or as I like to call it. Uh, far Eastern Iowa. Anyway, those are the three big pipe shows. Um, for those of you that do not know, uh, pipe maker Rolando Nagoita has had some uh, has had a, a brain tumor removed, and we uh, we in the pipe community are jumping in to help him out. Uh, in addition to a Ucaring.com website, uh, Ucaring.com/slash Rolando Negoita Uh, N-E-G-O-I-T-A that's where you can help out with cash Uh, dear friend Marty Pulvers uh, former guest on the show and organizer of the West Coast Pipe Show and owner of Pulvers Prior Briars is putting together an auction so if any of you have any pipes or uh, rare tobaccos or anything that you want to uh, help out with contact marty it's m pulvers p-u-l-v-e-r-s at aol.com or you can go to his website pulverspriorbriar.com trying to help Rolando out in this time when he needs us the most so whatever you can do would be greatly appreciated we would 100 percent appreciate it so uh let's see let's see what the let's see how much pipe uh, how much love the pipe community can give and now, going back to last week's show with Rick Newcomb, the comments and emails that Rick received that he sent along to me were astounding. Uh, from all across the world, including some of the greater, uh, some of the greater pipe makers like Yes Konowitz and uh, uh, I mean, just a, a, an incredible group of people that had sent Rick comments, and he forwarded them on to me. Uh the feedback that I got personally was yeah you know, just overwhelming. Uh but these are the comments on pipesmagazine.com and New Broom says The end of an era. Wow, well done Mike and Mary. You've earned a vacation. Thanks for all you've done for pipe smoking. I felt some of the privilege Rick must have felt just listening to his experiences. This was is a great episode, bittersweet, but Rick's stories pulled us back. Rest in peace, Lars. How true. Uh, and then uh, Dan Nemitz said, Great episode, Brian. Thanks for covering so much and for the continued good work you do with the radio show. Uh, smoking red cake for the first time was my first aha moment for, uh, for smoking pipes. It'll be sad to see McClellan go, but I'm happy for both of them. A fine tribute to Lars as well. And then... Uh, Al Jones writes, Brian, thanks, uh, thanks for a great job with two, mu- with two such melancholy topics. Like many pipe smokers of modest means, I didn't know much about Lars. Rick's personal memories really painted a great picture. It seems an automotive equivalent in regards to industry influence might be Enzo Ferrari, but <laughs> less ruthless. Um, I was missing my little granddaughter this morning. Thanks for bringing me down with best of times. kidding also a favorite album. <laughs> yeah, one of uh, yeah definitely one of my favorites. Um, and then uh, Rick Newcomb uh, chimed in that he made two mistakes during the conversation. Uh, Tony Rodriguez grew up in Nicaragua, not Guatemala. And even though I thought I remembered chicken, uh, chickens at Lars's house, he corrected me during the audiobook interview and said there were only sheep. Uh, His workshop, however, used to house the pigs for the farmer who lived there before. Lars always got a kick out of that. (laughs) Uh, Could you imagine making all those great pipes in a uh, pigsty? And then uh, P.S. Perry Tops said, So disheartened to hear about the closing of McClellan. So many of my favorite blends. I was quite surprised to hear that it is becoming significantly more difficult to procure red Virginias in the United States anymore. What will this do to other American blenders, Cornell & Deal, GLPs, Hearth & Home, etc.? Does this mean we are going to see a deterioration of quality from the likes of them? I hope this isn't the case. And all this following the discontinuation of Dunhill Tobacco's, uh, my best wishes to the McNeil's. McClellan will be long remembered. Uh, let me pipe in here, and, and as, as far as I know, this does not affect any other of the tobacconist blender suppliers, it is only McClellan. And it is only McClellan because they had a specific type of Red Virginia and a specific quality or strain of it that they liked. And it may have produced that signature ketchup smell. So uh, no effect to anything else. And as far as I know, Dunhill tobaccos are still readily available on the market now. However, you know, we don't know what the future sh- what the future is. Uh, Gnarly Breyer says... Godspeed, Mary and Mike McNeil. The future is yours to enjoy. Richmond is waiting for a visit. Thank you, Dr. Rick, for those joyous interludes. How I wish I could have joined you on a few of those visits. I was blessed at one of the Chicago shows to spend almost an hour talking with Lars about design the golden proportion Danish furniture design and the importance of the pipe on some of those designers and we agreed that they really studied their pipes to design that furniture (laughs) Uh, rest in peace Lars I'll join you in a smoke uh, one of these eternities Uh, nicely said I'm not sure the furniture came after the pipe though I think the pipe came after the furniture Uh, let's see. Crash the Gray says, I was prepared for a very sad show, but you presented it well. Mike and Mary deserve whatever they choose to do next, whether retire or move on to a new industry. Of course, I'll be disappointed that my favorite Virginia Flakes will no longer be produced, but all good things come to an end. Uh, Rick gave a very colorful and exciting eulogy of sorts, and it was wonderful to listen to. And uh, Casey Ghost said, wow, what a great show. Mike and Mary, both doctors of pipes, have earned a well-deserved rest. Most people never realize that Mike handled all the tobacco that came into their facility and all the blending. And he wouldn't ship anything that Mary didn't okay. Uh, He said he had the most astute palate in the business. He said she had the most astute palate in the business. They make an incredible team. Uh Rick Newcomb was a joy to listen to. His stories about Lars were very fitting were a very fitting tribute to a man widely renowned as the best pipe carver in the world. I've never seen Rick so keyed up before. I've only been around him a few times, but he's always seemed somewhat low keyed and reserved. I wish you could have kept him on topic a little better, but the stories about all the Scandinavian carvers was very enjoyable. <laughs> Uh, You know, that's the thing about stories. They just kind of go off in all different directions. And then finally, uh, Mo Smoke said, Brian, super show as, as always. Up until now, I've been a lurker, listening and enjoying, but not participating. I guess I've never had anything to say until now. This news about McClellan's was a shock to be sure. The forums are all abuzz. Given your depth and of experience in the industry, what can you tell us about the impact this will have on the tobacco farmers themselves? I understand that McClellan's have dealt with many of the same farmers for years and years. Will there now be an imbalance between supply and demand causing further hardship on farmers due to falling tobacco prices? Thanks again for the service that you provide for the industry. Cheers, Mo Smoke. Um, Mo, let me, uh, Mo Smoke, let me try to explain this to you. Um, The quantity of tobaccos that McClellan purchased is the equivalent of the flea on the backside of the elephant when you look at the total tobacco market. All right. Uh, It's not going to affect any farmers. The effect that has happened is the farmers can no longer afford or incentivized to produce top quality tobaccos because all these cigarette companies guarantee them X amount. Yeah, just a flat amount, you grow it, we get it, that's it. There is no incentive for a tobacco farmer to grow a better crop. So what happens now is all the pipe tobacco manufacturers out there have their people out there looking and watching for a better bale, a better crop, a better quality that they can use for pipe tobacco, and they're trying to pull that off from the cigarette companies. This won't affect the farmers at all. The farmers don't even know about McClellan. It was all tobacco buyers and tobacco uh, auctioneers and everything that they knew. They know about the pipe tobacco guys, and they're the ones that source the stuff for pipe tobacco. So, um, Yeah, just picture the flea on the back of an elephant. When the elephant falls down and squishes the flea, nobody notices. All right, please stay tuned. Rant time is next. I need your help I need your help with the uh, with fellow pipe smokers so I went on Facebook right after the McClellan uh, during the during the midst of the McClellan debate and debacle and the uh, and the announcements and everything I went on Facebook and I was shocked at the amount of people that don't understand what a podcast is or even how to listen to a podcast. And then I was further shocked by the amount of people that aren't willing to listen to a podcast. No, they're more willing to go onto a Facebook group or a forum and listen to uninformed or uh, ill-written juxtapositions and uh, opinions of what's going on. But they're not willing to spend you know 45 minutes to an hour a week listening to a podcast about pipe smoking so here's what I need you to do wherever you get information or wherever you go for pipe smoking information I need you to share the hell out of the pipes magazine radio show you know while you're there share the hell out of country squire radio too because these are two programs that are put together by people that are professionals and care about the quality and the content and it's simply an hour and 45 minutes or two hours out of your week and everybody commutes, everybody's got a smartphone nowadays or everybody sits in front of a computer, you can play the Pipes Magazine radio show while looking at stuff on the internet. It's that simple, but we need you to go out and share these, share these two podcasts with all these groups out here, help them become more informed members of our community explain to them how to listen to a podcast and even though they may not listen to it actively and may not get every little bit of information out of it each time there is still a ton of information out there to get so please do your best to share it in facebook groups forums wherever you are your pipe club share the pipes magazine radio show and let's just get the right information out there and get it out there correctly so that people know How to use, I don't know, the basic computer. Hope that made sense. All right. I want to thank uh, Jim for joining me. Lots of information in this show. And hope you all uh, get a chance to uh, regurgitate it all. Uh, Remember, we can uh, help out Rolando the best possible. And hope to see you all uh, soon at a pipe show. So with that. Thank you all for tuning in and until next
2: time. The clouds when we're together. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails time. to, trails bum, to da, bum, you da we meet da
5: I think we're all indebted to Gabby Johnson for clearly stating what needed to be said. I'm particularly glad that these lovely children were here today to hear that speech. Not only was it authentic frontier
2: gibberish,